0: You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Hey Feasters! It's so good to finally be back after three weeks of being gone. I missed all of you guys and I hope that the feeling is mutual. <laughs> I want to welcome everyone watching from all across the universe or the multiverse. Let us know where you are right now. Please type Amen from your location. And while you're doing that, let me give a shout out to all the wonderful preachers who delivered a powerful word while I was gone. Thank you, Brother Alvin, d Mike, and of course, Brother Bo Sanchez. It feels so good knowing that I can easily retire soon. (laughs) And while I'm at at this, let me also give a shout out to all our newcomers, to all our first timers in Feast at Home. My name is, by the way, is Brother Audie Villarraza. I want you to type this in, I'm a newbie, okay? I'm a newbie. We would love to meet you right after through an intimate Zoom gathering, okay? We're gonna send you the Zoom Zoom link uh, right after. Lastly, I wanna thank all our givers here at the Feast. I want you to know that through your charitable giving, we are able to consistently support not just our mercy ministries, but we're also able to do various relief operations. In fact, let me share this. Recently, we fed 1,000 people living in the streets of Manila thanks to our manual arts team who cooked the meals and filled the streets with God's love. We're also operating some community pantries, one in Rizal and one in Cavite. Thank you to our AM Feast Council for organizing these. Thank you guys, you know who you are. Through your generosity, my dear friends, we are able to stretch the hand of God to so many people. And I pray that the Lord will reward and replenish you in His own magnificent way. So if you're looking to support our ministries, just log on to www.thefeastpiccam.com Okay? And with that... Let me invite you now to say our feast family prayer as we come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I want you to stretch your hands as wide as you can and say this with me. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I am God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world, in Jesus' name, Amen. I terribly miss this part. Every Sunday I, 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 I sang this with all our preachers and I hope that you can sing this with me today, okay? As we sing in honor of God's Word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I am praying that God's voice will be loud and clear wherever you are. Today we are on talk 7 of side A, side B, and the talk title for today is this, Uneasy Hearts and Enlightened Minds. Sounds so good, right? Anyway, our message today might sound a little too ordinary, okay? But that's okay, why? Because ordinary doesn't mean that it's not special. In fact, that's our topic for today. Here's our message, write this down. God is in the ordinary. That's right, God is in the ordinary. And let me share this before I give you the word. As most of you probably already know, you know my wife and I are in a very exciting season in our family life because God recently blessed us with a baby girl, praise God. Her name is Ellie Elisha. That's why you haven't seen me for a few weeks because I have been in hibernation mode. I deliberately took some time off from preaching so that Christelle and I could navigate you know, this new schedule around family, work, ministry. But the question is, did it work? not really (laughs) the last few weeks have been one of the most exciting but also one of the most exhausting moments of our parenting journey in fact you know as i preach this i'm preaching with a little uh, headache right now it's no joke handling two kids if you're a parent and you agree with me type amen in capital letters come on agree with me parents On one end, like in my case, on one end, we've got this little person who is screaming like she's already a grown person because she's either sleepy, hungry, dirty, or she's just downright restless. And then on the other end, we've got another boy screaming his head off because there's no more yakult in the refrigerator. And then just to add a little more spice into the mix, put in five hours of intermittent sleeping. And then you've got a recipe for frustration. Christelle and I, we were actually talking about this a week ago, about how tired we both were. I mean, she admitted to me that she almost felt like the moment she got out of bed at 6 a.m. You know what happened? She was already wishing that it was 9 p.m. Why? So that she could go back to bed. Have you ever felt like that? Can you relate to that? Give me a a virtual hands up. Maybe you're in a season where you have more bad days than you have good days. Maybe you've got more stress lines in your forehead than you have smiles on your face. And if that's you, okay, if that's you, let me encourage you with this truth that I realized very recently. See, too often, we look forward to those special days that will take us away from our dreary and boring lives, right? We look forward, for example, to those rare vacation leaves, those special out-of-town trips that we would have, those once-a-week visits to family or friends. So why? So that we could somehow convince ourselves into thinking that our life can also be as exciting as those people that we see in our social feed, you know, who seem to be living the most thrilling lives ever. And up until recently, you know, my wife and I, we were there in that season. We were so tired of the ordinary days, tired of the non-stop diaper changes, tired of the non-stop, you know, weekly meal planning. na naman, ando mo naman. We're so tired of the non-stop waking up in the morning and then wanting to climb back into bed as soon as possible. How many of you are in that season as well? Until we realize this, and I want to share with you. What set both of us free? Because when we realized this, you know, we were given a fresh and new perspective on what's happening in our life and what we need to do about it. Okay, because you see, we realized that the more we looked forward to those extraordinary days, the more we stopped appreciating the ordinary days. We lost appreciation for our season. See, we wanted to live in the special moments when we could be sleeping eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, when we could freely add to cart without having to worry about diaper funds or education plans or hosting a debut 18 years from now. But you know what I realized? Listen to me, okay? This is powerful. What I realized is that, hey, not too long ago, that was my ordinary. You know, let me let me explain this to you. When I was still a dependent, I could sleep eight to 10 hours straight, right? And when I was still single, I could buy whatever I wanted, whatever thing that I wanted at that given point, and I loved that season. But you know what? That was a different season. I love this season of my life even more. Sometimes we're too quick to complain about where we are because we don't realize that our ordinary days It used to be our extraordinary days. And all it took for me and my wife was to just make a conscious decision, listen to this, to embrace this place. I want you to write that down, embrace this place. Listen to me, your attitude towards your life will change the moment you embrace the place that you are in. Whatever season that you're in, accept it, embrace it, because you know when you do that, you know what happens? You will find God. In the ordinary, You will see that you are in a blessed season. You will see the hand of God become obvious even in the most ordinary of days. You will see that God is present even in your ordinary friend. You will see that God is present in your ordinary nine-to-five job. You will see that God is present in your ordinary parents and siblings and friends. Because if you can look for God in everything, you will realize that it's God that makes each day special. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Anyway, today we're gonna study a very powerful story that we find in the book of Matthew. Okay, like I said, we are in Matthew chapter 17, and the title of this talk is about the transfiguration of Jesus. All right, from this story, we're gonna give you four powerful lessons. Are you ready? If you're ready, type in, I'm ready. Okay. I want you to get your Bible, if you have a physical one or a digital one, and then I want you to turn all the way to chapter 17, verse 1, which says the transfiguration, at least in my version, okay? It says here, verse 1. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. Let me give you lesson number one, okay? Here's lesson number one. Work on your inner circle work on your inner circle see by this time in this story jesus had already recruited his band of 12 brothers okay and he so he he was spending more and more time with these brothers but as jesus goes up the mountain what happened jesus did not take all 12 with him instead he only took three of them okay peter james and john the bible actually doesn't say why But here's my theory. Maybe it's because Matthew and the rest of the disciples, they love taking selfies and then posting it on IG. Hashtag mountain hike with the Messiah. (laughs) Anyway, okay, I have a personal theory as to why Jesus only took three disciples, but I'll share it with you later. So please stick around, okay? For now, let me tell you this. This is a free leadership lesson. Your greatest impact as a leader, it doesn't happen when you are with many, but it happens when you're with only a few. Okay? And I know that sounds a little counterproductive, but you know what? It's true. If you want to impact the world for the Lord, you know what you need to do? You need to work on your inner circle. You don't need to target a big crowd. See, look at this. Jesus left nine in order to spend time with three. Remember this rule, okay? Small is big. If you're trying so hard to think of which ministry to serve in, for instance, You know what? Maybe you can start with what you already have. Serve your first ministry, your family, your kids, you know, disciple them, evangelize them, introduce them to the Lord. Once upon a time, a friend once asked me this beautiful question. He says, won't heaven be such a lonely place if you know that your family and friends are not there? Can I get an amen if you believe in that? So disciple your first ministry, disciple your loved ones, you know, teach them about God, share the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, okay? Here's lesson number two. God wants to be close to you. Again, let's go to verse one. It says here that six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and then led them up a high mountain to be alone. You know, I remember that we preached this before, that God loved meeting people up on mountains. You know, when you think of mountains, I want you to think about the mountains in the Bible. Mount Sinai, Mount Carmel, Mount Zion, and most especially, Mount Eden. That's right. Did you know that the Garden of Eden was also a mountain? This is the mountain where God and man talked together while walking in this beautiful garden. You see, once upon a time, God and man, they were this close. They were BFFs. But I want you to notice how Matthew described the situation by saying that six days later, you notice that? Six days later. This is the genius of Matthew. Matthew was indirectly pointing out that if this happened six days later, then naturally, this event was now happening on the seventh day. Now, what is the significance of the seventh day? Remember that the seventh day also happens to be The Sabbath day, it's your favorite day, Sunday. This is the day that commemorates our eternal fellowship with God. So Matthew was preaching to his readers, and I believe that he's also preaching this to you and me now, the same message that God wants to be close to you. If you are physically beside someone right now, I want you to nudge that person in the ribs and say, God wants to be close to you. Hallelujah. Verse two, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. I love that word transformed. Other versions in the Bible use the word transfigured. Okay? Jesus transfigured before them. This was a a drastic transformation. You know, not like those extreme makeovers where they give you a good haircut like this one or a good shave and then dress you up in a different wardrobe. No, this was different. Matthew says that Jesus became so bright in appearance that his full glory as the Son of God was witnessed by the three disciples. And you know, naturally, a lot of people might see this as uh, as a place of a great miracle right? This could be seen by the three disciples as a great miracle, but in essence, this wasn't the, really the greatest miracle. Let me explain, okay? And I pray that you receive this the way that I received it this week. When you study the life of Jesus, we all know that Jesus carefully planned out everything. I mean, his schedule was meticulously curated, right? For example, Jesus knew exactly when he would display his power. Jesus knew exactly where he should reveal his true identity to the world. So the miracle in the mountain wasn't that Jesus showed his glory to the three disciples. Here's what I think. The real miracle was that Jesus was able to control himself from always displaying his glory to the world. I mean, think about this. Jesus never bragged about his power. It wasn't like Jesus took a selfie after every miracle, right? And then posted it on Facebook. No. In fact, more often than not, after a big miracle, what did Jesus do? The Bible says that he often withdrew from the crowd and prayed to the Lord. So going back to my theory, okay? Maybe this is why Jesus only took three of his closest disciples. Because he didn't want people to see his glory. Instead, he wanted people to see His humility. Here's lesson number three. God calls you to humility. God calls you to be humble. Because in a world where everyone wants to always flaunt their glory, we see Jesus in His divine humility conceal His glory. We want to show our glory, but Jesus, He hid His glory. He only showed it to a couple of people. Did you know that you will not find a single piece of scripture in the Bible where Jesus says, I am God? Uh, uh-uh. uh, not once did he go around bragging to people. Okay, step aside, step aside. The son of God is coming through. No, Jesus never did that. Jesus was glorious in every way. Do you agree? He was rich beyond the world, but for our sake, he became poor. Jesus only either allowed God the Father to glorify him or he let others identify who he was according to their witnessing of him. In fact, John said, we beheld his glory. Peter said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. But most importantly, okay, Jesus always pointed the glory back to God the Father. This is the humility of Jesus. He was equal in power with God and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, in His humility, shows us how to be humble because He wants us to know that this is the call of the Lord to all of us. Be an arrow that points people to God's glory. Glory doesn't rest on us. You know, we are but mere instruments that point others the way to God. So I want you to take home this truth today, okay? You are not the center of the universe but you are the center of God's attention. So have the humility of Jesus to know that there is a God who loves you so much, but it's not about you. It's about God. Point people to God's glory. Okay, I pray that these three lessons minister to you, but it's not done yet, all right? Let's pray. And as I pass you on to the next preacher, I want us to pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. It's been a beautiful day to receive your message and I pray, Lord, for every person on the other side of the screen that you would continue to minister to them in the next few moments that you would reach out from across the screens and then speak to them a personal truth. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Whew, let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto me my path. To continue the rest of the message, I want you to welcome and give a big, big, big cheer to Brother Bo Sanchez. Audie, it's so good
1: that you're back. God bless you and so happy for your growing family. All right, guys, I'm praying for every single one of you that as you're receiving God's Word, God becomes real in your life. You know, if there's one thing that The feast wants you to experience. It's not another talk. It's not another speaker. All we're praying, and this is my prayer for you, is that at the feast, before and after and during the feast, you experience God himself. You experience an encounter with God. Amen? Okay. We're going to go back to the transfiguration story because something wild happens. In verse 3, it says, suddenly... Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Now, listen to me. When you apply for a job in a company, they will require usually two referrals. Some people, you know, who have established positions, hopefully they're respectable, et cetera, and then they're going to recommend you. I'm telling you, Jesus could not have gotten higher referrals than these two legends. Now, I'm going to explain to you why. A little background on Judaism. Judaism is based on two foundations, law or Torah and the prophets. Now, Moses and Elijah were the twin peaks of Judaism because Moses was the greatest lawgiver and Elijah was the greatest prophet. Now, they were huge confirmation that Peter was right when he confessed just a few days ago in Matthew 16, verse 16. You were the Messiah, the Mashiach, the son of the living God. Speaking of Peter, this is what happens. Peter explained, verse 4, exclaimed, Lord, it's so wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. In other versions, it said tents one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You know, in Mark and Luke, um, in the other Gospels, the two writers whisper to the reader and say, Peter really didn't know what he was saying. Listen to me. If I was Peter, if I see my boss glow like a 2,000, no, it's correction, 20,000 watts light bulb, (laughs) and I see two dead people appear beside him, I also, I also will freak out and speak gibberish, okay? And so we continue the story. That's when the father speaks up, confirming who Jesus was. Verse 5. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Now in the past, if you go through um, the Old Testament, cloud was a symbol of God's presence. In Exodus, while escaping Egypt as slaves, God's presence was symbolized by a pillar of cloud. Now, all these supernatural things, the radiance, Moses, Elijah, uh, the Father's voice, the cloud, they were but a glimpse of the supernatural. So here's the last message for today. Lesson four, behind the mundane is the miraculous. You see, during the transfiguration, God pulled the the thick curtain that separates the visible and the invisible, even for a few moments, to show to Peter, to James, and to John what really was happening in the spiritual realm. But notice how it all ended, verse 6 to 8. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up. He said, don't be afraid. Listen carefully. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. Did you get that? After all that star-studded light show, extravaganza, the transfiguration, all that was left was the ordinary Jewish carpenter from the dusty town of Galilee that carpenter that made farm tools. No glowing face, no heavenly legends beside him, no bellowing voice from a magical cloud, just ordinary Jesus, which is exactly God's message for you today, right now. Behind the ordinary is the extraordinary. Behind the natural is the supernatural. Behind the mundane is the miraculous because God is present in the mundane. When you're washing dishes, when you're doing the laundry, when you're washing the car, when you're making client calls and you're being rejected 20 times, when you're helping the kids with their homework and they're sleepy and you sometimes have to do it, um, I hope not. uh, When you're caring for Lola with Alzheimer's, in your ordinary mundane life, God is present there. And so next time you pray in your bedroom and and through your faith, you pull back the curtain that separates the visible from the invisible and and you see that you're being transported into the presence of God. God's house, God's heart, you're there. And though, what do you see? You see your bedroom faded walls. You see your bed, your furniture, your your chair. You, 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 you You see ordinary. And you look at yourself and you see ordinary. But you believe that you are in the presence of the extraordinary. You're in the presence of the Almighty God. And that's what's happening right now, today, at the feast. Um, you're seeing me here on the screen. <laughs> and you're seeing an ordinary guy, you know. Yeah, a little bit good-looking, but just kidding. You You look at the mirror and you see your ordinary self with your weaknesses and you see your failures. You see how ordinary you are. But behind that ordinary, behind that mundane is is the miraculous. You see, God is in you and God loves you and God calls you beloved. Can I lead you into a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Just say this after me. Put your hands over your chest and say, God is in the ordinary. Say that again. God is in the ordinary. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are here. and Lord, open my eyes to see the miraculous in the mundane, to see the supernatural in the natural. Father God, I... I need more faith and and help my unbelief and let me trust you more. I want to discover you that when I'm doing ordinary things, serving and loving and caring for my family and doing my job and it is so monotonous and Lord God, open my eyes and let me see that you are there because if you are there, then, then my ordinary life makes sense. Because today I want to follow you. And I wanna follow you forever for the rest of my life. Lord God, put your arms around me. I receive your embrace and I receive your love and I receive your power. I receive you, Jesus, in my life so that I I can share you to the people around me in a very ordinary way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.